0: (laughs) Yeah, 10-4, good buddy. (laughs) You know, 10-4, good buddy. You know, like, I think we got us a convoy. Uh, Read a little bit. All right, bye. Oh... Excuse me while I crawl out of my office that has yet to be ploughed, I might say. But I'm not complaining. Uh, Welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of Niagara 411 Live with Lee Sterry. That would be me. We are fueled, as always, and thankfully by Gales Gas Bars Limited, as well as supported by Performance Heating and Air. Thank you, Carlo and the gang. Also, Verge Insurance. Thank you, Shirks and Company, for uh, continuing to support this program. We are, as always, executively produced and presented by WeStream Niagara. Kevin Jack behind the camera. We'll see him in front of the camera in just a little bit. And we are ensconced, once again, in the lovely window of Fiddler's Poorhouse for this episode four of this season. And yes, we're going to be talking about a convoy. Is it a convoy? Is it not a convoy? Is it a thing? Is it not a thing? Is it much ado about nothing? Or is it much ado about something? And uh, after probably the best NFL game I have ever witnessed, or at least the most exciting, I don't know, pick your own superlative, I had to wear the gloves again uh, this week. Man, what a weekend of football that was. And condolences to all of us. the Bills fans, boy, what a game. Anyway, what a show we have coming up in about 30 seconds, come on in. We are here, foggy glasses, new mask. I want to talk about this uh, in a little bit. First of all, I got a. Uh, I got a. Did, did you see this this Velcro stuff you got here, Kevin? It's sticking to my uh, to my gloves.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Lee. Every week I try and position the Velcro in such a way that that won't happen. But that's funny. No, it's today. the uh, <laughs> it's the gloves. That reminds me of one of the funniest. Those must be uh, Gabriel Davis's gloves because everything guess. was sticking in yeah. those.
0: So you catch with one hand. Um, <laughs> uh, it reminds me of a, a, a skit I saw on uh, the old Carol Burnett show many, 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 many years ago with Tim Conway and Harvey Korman and those guys. And it was just something that happens to all of us. And it was a skit that people had tear. I had tears run down my face. They, like trying to get something off that you've got... Stuck and they put it here and you're trying to get it like Those are the funniest things those slapstick uh, those slapstick comedy things and you just it's that's what made Lucille Ball So so great is she had this physical comedy knack for what was going on So anyway, we're here. I got to plug that in so that I can uh, here are guests when they come on. Kevin Jack, ladies and gentlemen, on the right-hand side of your screen, uh, co-owner, co-founder, and executive uh, producer of this show from we Stream uh, Niagara, Canada's premier streaming company, and uh, we'll talk more of that about that as we go through the show. Now it's been an interesting week. See this fancy uh, this fancy mask. This is a uh, this is a five-layer. Uh, mask. So, uh, it's not the N 69 or five or, uh, uh, 20,049, whatever the hell the numbers are. Anyway, um, a, a place called more than PPE. It's it's in an industrial mall on York road, uh, not far from where the Tim Hortons, uh, and the perfume factory and things are on in, in St. Catharines. Well, it's probably technically Niagara on the lake, but anyway, um, more than PPE, my wife and I are going to be traveling a little bit. So we got these, got these things on a tip from someone else. They don't advertise very much, but, uh, we got 20 of them for 30 bucks. And, uh, they are going to be, I think this is the last day for this week. They're normally a business to business thing like industrial suppliers. Um, but, um, they're, they're selling these to the public. Yesterday and today, so we stopped by yesterday, and it's uh, they come individually wrapped and everything else. We bought uh, twenty of them for thirty dollars.
1: So there it is, right there, Lee. A lot of us yeah would take that shortcut to get up to fifty-five if yeah. you're headed to Niagara on the Lake. So it's yeah. just yeah. beyond there.
0: Yeah, it's just on the north side of the of the Queen Elizabeth Highway.
1: Yeah, there it is, right there.
0: Yeah, more than people. So uh, check them out today if they, they are selling them to the public today. If you want to. If you want to check him out, i got to toss this over here. Anyway, uh, I want to talk to you about that.
1: Yeah, uh, Kev? Lee, just along those those lines, uh, here's a shot from our family yesterday. Yeah. We went down to the Niagara Falls Convention Look Center. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And there's a little Alex, six years old. He got his second shot, as did uh, my daughter Ayla. Got their second doses. Hi, Ayla. And then there's the entire Alex. fam jam. <laughs> there I am yesterday. With Leanne, Le Kevin, with, Leanne. with a nice new haircut. Yeah. Yeah, oh, all right. You don't need to see all those. Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> now, but, but here's, so the, go. Here's, here's the deal, though. Now, you got this at the Convention Center in Niagara Falls and Stanley Avenue, right? Yes. All right. Now, uh, two things I want to explore there. First of all, you're feeling pretty crappy today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am. This one's kind of hit me. Yeah. You know, beyond just the sore arm, I had a headache this morning, and then it crept through my whole body. Body aches. Thankfully, Lee, you threw me a lifeline, brought in some aspirin for me. Hey, I'll uh, bring and,
0: whatever drugs. Uh, uh, that's not the right thing to say. <laughs> um. But, uh,
1: Lee, the one thing I wanted to impress is that it's not that busy down there.
0: Mm. And
1: walk-ins are welcome. Yeah. So if you're waiting to get your shot, and, and I'll tell you, here's why we did it. We wanted to rush and get our children shot um, because uh, Lord Hergie, said that if somebody in my kid's class gets sick, the entire, sorry, gets COVID, the entire class is going home unless they're double vaccinated. And they just changed the window from, I think it was previously 30 days to 21 days So we just flew down there yesterday, got them shot, so at least now I know that if somebody in either of their class tests positive, I can still bring my kids to school, which means I can still work, and that's what it's all about. I
0: I don't know if you've been following, well, yes, I do know, actually, that uh, we've all been following the sort of yin and yang, push and pull, uh, suck and blow sort of... um, Situation that is between the Niagara Regional Health Unit as uh, and and the Ontario Public Health um, people, and uh, you know we could we could discuss this and and take up the entire program with it, which we are definitely not going to do. But uh, once again, Niagara is set apart from the rest of the province. And Kevin, before I move on and talk about today's show, which we've got, we've got a lot going on today, um, I received a telephone call on my cell phone, a robocall on my cell phone from, and this is true, I'm not making it up, I'm not joking, uh, from the Ontario Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Moore. Yesterday morning, a robocall. You Said, did? Yes. I, it, 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 the readout said, it wasn't a blocked call, the readout on the uh, on the display said, uh, Ontario Health. I thought somebody was calling me to tell me I'm gonna die or something. But anyway, I answered the phone, and hello, this is Ontario Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Le Moore, Karen Moore, whatever. And then I, I waited. At first I thought, is this guy calling me for, like, me? But, and then I said, okay, and then it went on, and it was the French version, so now I know I'm getting a robocall. And he was thanking us for getting our two vaccinations, which they obviously had that information, and encouraging us to roll up our sleeves and do the work by going for vaccination uh, booster three, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, this is unprecedented.
1: Yeah, I never had that before. So you haven't had one? No, I never had a robocall. But uh, I'll tell you, here's what we went through is our original scheduled shot. Mine was for Saturday night, this coming Saturday, at 10.30 p.m. at the shoppers. Okay. But when I booked it a month ago, sure, I'll take it. Then we realized that we could book at Niagara Falls, so we booked for Friday and canceled our Saturday. Then we realized we could just walk into the falls. So... We brought the kids. My yeah. wife and myself went down there yesterday. The kids got their second. Uh, my wife and I got our boosters. Right. And we're all a little bit on the limp today, but want to encourage <laughs> people um, if you are waiting for an appointment, you don't have to wait any longer. And especially parents of school age children, um, go get your second shot. That way, if the entire cohort is sent home, as per Dr. Herjee, um, your child can still be sent to school. Now, cohort, how, the, how the school boards are going to deal with that? Uh, like, for example, you got a class of 20. One person tests positive for COVID. So 15 of them go home, but there's, you know, five students that are double vaccinated and they still go to school. So I have no idea how the teachers are going to manage some sort of hybrid teaching environment with some kids at school and some trying to do online learning, but this is not the mess I created.
0: As has been, no, as has been the norm through this whole thing, confusion reigns supreme. And that will give us a segue into the the lineup for the show today
1: yeah incredible lineup
0: as i mentioned um or alluded to in the office down the street is the fact that uh, i don't know if you remember that song by charlie mccoy i think it was charlie mccoy or whatever and mccoy somebody boys we got us a convoy uh 10 good buddy and all that that's that that's when the old uh, cb radio thing was all the rage in the 70s or early 80s whenever the hell it was anyway we supposedly got this convoy for freedom uh, of uh, uh, truckers. Um, and, and the focus for a lot of the news reports has been on from, from BC all the way out across Canada, and there's gonna be 68,000 trucks. There. Well, um, there are those that...
1: This is uh, this morning, uh, I think, uh, in uh, 40... Uh,
0: anyway, this rally for freedom, uh, as they're uh, they're calling it is uh, is underway now. There have been a lot of a lot of comments about it. It has created a lot of online. Uh, nasty rhetoric, and it it has also created, as I mentioned before, confusion. We have our expert trucking consultant to Niagara 411 Live, Dave Benison, coming up on the program in just a couple minutes. He is a professional truck driver, has been so for almost two decades. He works for Challenger Truck Lines, uh, headquartered uh, a little bit uh, west of here, but he drives across the border. Uh, between Canada and the U.S. every single day of his life, other than the couple of days a week and the weekends, or whatever, when he has off. And he's been with us numerous times. The last time we chatted uh, with Dave, actually it was because there had been an announcement. This is a couple of weeks ago. There had been an announcement made that the truckers were not going to have to abide by the international travel mandate that had been put in place by the government. It was said it was, it was sort of a, a mistake. Well, it, no sooner than 18 hours after we talked with Dave the last time, a couple of weeks ago, the government said, no, 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 no. That announcement was made in error. Yes, all of the truckers Crossing the borders between the United States and Canada are going to have to uh, be vaxxed. It's a it's a mandatory vaccination uh, mandate. Well, boom! It just it just changed so incredibly fast, and since then, we have this convoy, this rally for freedom. These trucks that the are supposed are to be jammed. the ramps uh, are jammed.
1: Is it just uh, videos that I'm picking yeah, off just of just uh, various Facebook? and sundry this is, this images. right by that PPE building. It's right across yeah.
0: from the, uh, the the outlets. And there were pictures today of people lined up uh, on overpasses over the Queenie on, uh, in, in Niagara. All kinds of people lined up on the overpass, but no trucks. Um, so we're going to get Dave's take on this, which there has been a lot of angst, actually created by this. There has been a lot of hard feeling because of, once again, polarized positions. Yay and nay and what's the point or what are they trying to accomplish? Is it good? Is it bad? Uh, Who actually is participating? How many trucks are actually in there? Is it being blown out of proportion? What, What actually is going on? I can have no opinion on it except for the fact Kevin, I don't think they're going to accomplish a damn thing. I I think the regulations are going to stay the same. I think the rules are going to stay the same. Oh, the other big thing too is, while we have all of these empty uh, uh, produce shelves and grocery store shelves because of the mandate of having to be anti-vaxxed, etc., and any of the reports that I've seen, frankly, have not indicated that we have a a grocery store issue. Uh, uh, There's so many mixed and conflicting messages as has been happening. I know it happens on social media all the time, but the COVID thing and this rally for freedom uh, has sort of accentuated the fact that nobody really knows who the hell's behind this thing. GoFundMe, I have never heard of the GoFundMe organization freezing funds until this issue. Has come up. the The organizers of this rally for freedom, the truckers, opened a GoFundMe campaign. There's over four million dollars in it, and the GoFundMe people have frozen the account, saying, "Hey, uh, by our by our regulations and our procedures, uh, and legally, we have to have complete transparency on all of the money we get." And where that money, uh, well, that goes through us to you, um, where the money is going, how it's being spent, etc. And they were obviously uncomfortable with that, either lack of or or not complete transparency. So that that account was frozen, and I think that was an announcement made just a little over twenty-four hours ago. So there's a lot of crap going on around this. Are there are there hooligans involved with that kind of? implanted the, or embedded themselves in the group. The Truckers Association, or the people that are putting this on, uh, said, we don't want violence, this is a peaceful protest, etc." but there's a lot of violent rhetoric. There's a lot of populist right-wing rhetoric on the internet as well, even some of the people wearing the whole uh, Make America Great Again Trump hats and that kind of stuff. So um, this, is, this may be a pivotal point in how do we communicate and what do we believe when we see things on the internet and uh, and what's reality and what is what is fiction? So Dave's coming up. Uh, well, right now, I guess. yeah. If you
1: have any, uh, we haven't seen Dave. I sent him a message, but if uh, if you want to send him a message, I know you got more of a direct line because we're interested on, on okay. his perspective. He is a trucker and yeah. he's joined us on the program before. I'm um, here while you do that. I'll let people know yeah, that. Yeah, send uh, him a quick note at at twelve thirty today. Uh, we have like we're so proud of this girl. Um, our good friend. Jasmine Jasudovicius is coming on. And Lee, I was absolutely glued uh, to the TV yeah. Saturday night. She was the opening match of an incredible card. It was the big heavyweight match that a lot of people have been waiting for. She was first out of the gates uh, up against a hometown hero, Kay Hansen, and she won. Yeah. She destroyed her. The other girl. Well, I mean, it was by decision. It was, but the other girl was on the was on the receiving end of everything. I, I mean, okay. I, I can't remember exactly what the judges' scorecards read, um, but it was. I mean, Jasmine won all three rounds. I see, yeah, so well, we're so I, proud I, of her. Uh, so proud uh, of her.
0: To go back on what I said, I guess something has to be unless you unless the other person like gives or there's a knockout, um, then I guess it has to be by decision. You fight to the bitter end, right? Right. Three five minute rounds. Yes, is what it lasted. Um, I mean, it's grueling, and yeah. Well, I mean, e- even in professional boxing, the heavyweights only go two-minute rounds, uh, and this—well, you're kicking and, um, yeah. So I did send a note to to Dave again. He drives for a living; he works uh, every day, and uh, who knows? He might be might be going through the border at this uh, at this given moment in time. So
1: I mean, we can share this, Lee. Here is a uh, a post from Facebook today of the convoy. Is Amanda Johnson. Yeah. And she seems to be following it.
0: Okay now this is do we know where this Sorry,
2: is? Just in my phone.
1: I mean we'd have to tell just by looking at landmarks.
0: Yeah.
2: There was an accident earlier but
0: apparently moved out of the way. But
1: yeah. I mean here this definitely looks like rolling oh, through Saint Catharines.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, that looks like it's uh leading up to Lake Street. Or to Ontario Street with those baffles on the right-hand side. Oh wow! Uh, Aww. But this, this is traffic is moving. We're not blocking traffic. It's not. There you go. There's the overpass. There's the people in the overpass.
1: But where are all the trucks? I mean, they're they're flying. Yeah. You're saying it looks like a regular day on the QEW. And when I was
0: when I was looking at some pictures, and again, when you're looking at the internet, you're not I sure where the. Unity where the pictures come from. Um, It's context is a really, really important thing. I don't know if you're used to driving on the Queen Elizabeth highway between uh, Niagara and Toronto, but there are a lot of trucks on the road on a Thursday.
1: Now this is funny. (laughs) Going into the weekend. They're just going by here. It looks like the Vineland way station. Imagine they threw the lights on that thing. Oh yeah, during the convoy. Sure, oh, y'all got to come in and get weighed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be here for eight days. Now, um, that being said, uh, even though uh, to to put some balance to this, even though it doesn't appear that Niagara was affected a whole lot by by this initiative, the OPP did issue a warning that traffic would probably be slowed down through the GTA. And I did hear this morning that there were accesses off uh, the 401 and the Queen Elizabeth Highway onto highways like 400, et cetera, that had been blocked so as to not create any further safety issues of regular traffic trying to merge into the so-called convoy or whatever it is, so there has been in, in in the Toronto area, through that whole through that whole heavy traffic corridor, there has been some interruptions in traffic. But I don't know whether it's necessarily been because of the trucks or because of the enforcement response to the potential of problems. If you if you get what I'm what I'm saying, and and apparently stay it, in the car? it's it's the uh, because we're on a busy road.
1: The <laughs> <laughs> the re- Why, mom? Because we're it, on a busy road. Right across from Bass Pro, there in that one. Yeah. So, this is obviously from from this morning. Some of the I footage. Check see uh, if I got a
0: response here,
1: Lee. I don't know your take on it. My take is, I wish them all the best. You know, I mean, I'm I'm all for peaceful protest in I'm this country. I'm all for freedom. For I get Whatever freedom. it is, I'm I'm for freedom. But uh, you know, at the same time, if you drove that convoy through a um, vaccination clinic, we might all get to where we need to go a little faster.
0: Yeah, so, uh, and I know Dave would be here uh, if he weren't otherwise importantly occupied, like maybe earning a living, like some of the other people that uh, are uh, on the way to Ottawa that aren't currently earning a living. I want to read you something that that Dave sent me earlier today via a direct message because we go back and forth a fair bit on this stuff. he said, uh, and he said he sort of lit up Facebook with his own post today because there are those that took issue with, with his position. So uh, these are direct quotes from his his message today. He said, "I have two friends in the convoy. They're lucky if there were 200 trucks. According to the convoy people, they will tell you 60,000 trucks and thousands of trucks coming from the U.S. It's all BS." And he put a he put a. Uh, video up this morning at seven o'clock it, there was him and one other truck on the road going across queenston lewis bridge um yeah uh i just got a note back from him he said yeah sorry i just got to uh do my stop here be a minute so he will be popping by okay
1: good, uh, and, and we'll talk about is this uh
0: yeah so uh, the
1: overpasses
0: yeah uh and then my wife and i were talking about that i said how much money can these guys afford or uh, men and women Afford to drive from British Columbia to Ottawa and back on their own dime for this for for this purpose, and and Dave said to me today, when you think about it, you got to fuel up three times to get there, three times to get back. It's eight hundred bucks a tank, five thousand dollars for a round trip in one of these big trucks. Most most of these guys driving truck, yeah, you earn a good living, but. You don't have $5,000 just to throw into your gas on principle. Really? He says what's uh, real out of pr- really out of proportion. And he said what pisses me off is that uh, truckers in the long run are going to end up being the bad guys and
1: uh, et cetera. So, and, um, and that Dave is a trucker. I mean, he's an international hauler. He's going over and back. Yeah. And he's vaccinated, obviously. So that's why he can continue his business. And once you're vaccinated, he's having no problem continuing, right? No. Yeah, okay. No, he's du- he's
0: double-vaxxed. Um, also mentioned to me uh, a few days ago that it was kind of ironic that since this mandated vaccine thing came in, uh, they haven't even asked him for his papers. <laughs> Bye-bye.
1: They now, see him every day. Now, that said, he does use the Arrive Can app, and he's yeah, kind of he's pre-screened logged in and all the rest of it. Right, so you understand that it's not like they're just saying, ah, we don't care. No, they do care. They of just course they care, the but they
0: trust the fact that and especially when you're a regular person that's driving their back. Now, another, I wanna talk about this quickly uh, in case Dave could check in at any time here or Jazz well, could.
1: Yeah, Lee, here we got a situation is we've got uh, Jasmine who's joined the room and then I also see Dave is there. Okay. I think we'll just have Dave hold on. I don't want to chew up anymore of yeah, time. Yeah, Dave,
0: if, if, if you don't mind, uh, we'll, because we've got sort of a time conflict here. Coming up at 1 o'clock, Sienna. She is a, a young lady in a wheelchair. We first talked to her about uh, a lack of accessibility when uh, the International Festival of Lights was on in Niagara. And uh, it was a really interesting conversation. She's a great girl. And uh, we said, without doubt, someday we're gonna have her back on. Well, today's the day. And we're gonna talk to Sienna at one o'clock about uh, about that issue. Coming up right now, Jasmine, Jazza Vicious, undefeated UFC fighter. From St. Cath, Jazz, how are you?
3: I'm doing well, how
0: about you? I'm super, congratulations.
3: Thank you very much. I'm not undefeated, though I have uh, one one loss. But, in in uh, the
0: but, UFC, yeah. you have a loss.
3: Not in the UFC. Well, no, that's what no, I'm, I only had one one fight. That, well, UFC, that's what i yeah. said
0: uh, In, uh, in the UFC, fight, yeah. you, in the UFC, you are undefeated.
3: That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and you fought uh, you fought Kay Hansen. You fought Kay uh, at a UFC event, uh, at UFC 270, it was called in Anaheim, California. Uh, and uh, which is spectacular. Uh, what I would love you to do, Jazz, is just walk us through that, that day and evening from, from the beginning to the end. But to give us a, a bit of a peek behind the curtain, behind the scenes.
3: All right. So, um, Ray, right you know, I, I woke up in the morning pretty nervous. So I woke up earlier than kind of anticipated. I thought I was going to, like, sleep in, but I got up, I think it was around nine, and, um, you know, you had that nervous energy, so I text my coaches, we we plan to do a shakeout, so I text them, I say, hey, I'm up, uh, like, I'm ready to go, and so we, we met up, like, half an hour later, up in the workout room that they provided for us, and I, I did, uh, you know, the same stuff that we've been doing in camp i did a bit of striking i did a bit of grappling some drilling and um and that really helped kind of get the nervous energy out of my body i uh i didn't really sleep very good the night before because i got my hair braided and um it was you know just it wasn't too tight or anything she did a very good job about that but it was just like having a big braid on your head you know it's like presses on it and yeah but, i don't know I what mean, that that's it's
0: like <laughs>
3: <yeah>. <laughs> but uh luckily i slept very well all through camp so you know even though i didn't sleep good the night before my fight it, it wasn't a big deal um so i woke up had the little shakeout, felt good went back to my room and had some breakfast and then uh just kind of got ready Sorry if it's loud, we're, uh, practice watching right now.
1: Yeah. But, um, can you, uh, can you show us, can you flip your camera around and yeah. So that's, that's what it looks like. This is where you work out and practice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, where is that jazz? Are you still in, are you still in California?
3: Uh, no, this is back at, back at home that, uh, Niagara talk team. Those are all our pro fighters that we have getting ready for, uh, for fights coming up. And, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're working hard. We got a lot of a lot of talent coming up.
0: Okay, so um, when you're when you when you finish the prelims and you sort of got yourself uh, blown out if you will or opened up and kind of de-stressed a bit, what happens next?
3: So afterwards, I go back. I have some food and then I lay down. My coaches they left for uh, to grab some breakfast and. Uh, and like talk about game plan and everything. And they, they, they know on fight day, I, I like a little bit of time on my own. So uh, they, they left me in the room for a little bit to you know get myself repaired. Um, and then I got all my stuff packed up. They, they came back and then we got on the bus to go down to the Honda Center. We had to go down like um, two, out, two and a half hours early. And um, so when I get there, I have to do, like, the um, testing for USADA to make sure I'm not, like, f- um, competing with drugs in my system right. or anything yeah. like that. And um, so did that and then started our, our warm-up to get ready for the fight. And it was very similar to the one that I did in the morning. Um, a little bit of everything, striking, grappling, drilling, and, uh, and then getting ready to walk out.
0: Okay, so uh, it's, now, it's now fight time. What time of day was it uh, or night was it in California when you fought?
3: Um, I think it was around 3, 3.30. Okay. Uh, when I, yeah, so I was, I was three hours behind. Did
0: the, did the UFC people talk to you at all or uh, give you any sort of uh, direction or, uh, or, or, or instructions or anything like that? Uh,
3: like for the fight. Yeah, like or? how
0: everything how everything was going to go, or or or, or if uh, uh, this isn't your first rodeo as a fight is concerned, was the UFC experience about this uh, about the same as your other experiences?
3: Yeah, it is very similar. Like I mean, all fight organizations kind of run kind of the same trend. Okay. Um, however, with the UFC, there's far more cameras. Like the the whole time <laughs> I was there during fight week, during. The weigh-ins during getting ready for the fight. There was there was a camera like right there, at least one, if not multiple, uh, multiple ones. So, but other than that, it's it's very similar. I mean, they they treat you super well for the UFC. Like they give you the food and the supplements and everything right. that you need um, for the fight. But um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty standard procedure. Like yeah, did
0: you, you feel know, any, every, Did you feel any different coming out? For this fight, being your first fight under contract with uh, Dana White and UFC, etc., um, since your life changed when that happened, did you feel different when you were coming out to get into the ring?
3: Um, I didn't feel too different. Like I got a little bit more hype because I saw the crowd. And, yeah. um, I love having a crowd there, so I was like a little bit more excited. But you know, it was uh, like business as usual.
0: All right, so round one, uh, two, and three, just give us sort of a thumbnail uh, version of walking through. Now, three, five, the, you fought three five-minute rounds, right?
3: Yeah.
0: Okay, so, um, and it was by decision, but by all senses that we're aware of, you pretty much dominated the fight. Is that true?
3: I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say so and think so. <laughs> I, th- I, would, I played it very safe, that fight, I wasn't, um, like opening, opening myself up. I, I figured the best way for her to beat me is like me putting myself out of position, me doing something silly, like not respecting the defense or anything like that. So I played it very, very safe this fight. And I, um, that's, that's why I got the victory. I, I didn't want to have a UFC debut to, and lose. Oh, that's <laughs> no, <really> hard. That, <laughs> that
1: would have broken your heart. Uh, Jasmine, let me ask you a question here. It's Kevin in the background. Uh, going, into yep. the, going into the third round, your corner told you no more kicks. She seemed to be at least grabbing your foot. Um, what was that like for you? And, and I noticed you did still kick when you had an opportunity.
3: Yeah, they, they said no no more kicks unless it's set up like properly. So, um, yeah, I was kind of throwing some, like, naked kicks where she could see see them right away. But, yeah, in the third, I finally put something in front of it.
0: Okay. So you go through three rounds. You win by decision. When What did you feel like when that was announced?
3: That was amazing. I felt like I was on cloud nine. It was just euphoric. I uh, It's almost like... I was in a dream, and, and I was just like going through the motions. Like it's, it's almost like weird to think about it now that I actually did that. Like I was watching the fights out there and looking at them. I'm like, I can't believe I just did that like an hour ago. It's like crazy.
0: All right, so now, after the fight, the big, the big interview happened. Walk us through that experience and what you said. Because I know you had a conversation with Kevin about this before.
3: Um, Afterwards, yeah, I had all the all the interviews, and uh, it was. I feel like I just talk and talk and talk and talk. I there's no thought behind like what I'm saying.
0: But one guy, one guy in particular. Do you remember what you said? just as uh, as Joe Rogan was going to talk to you, do you remember that?
3: Oh yeah, I saw. It. So it was like, Joe. I turned on like Joe Rogan, and then wow. it like clicked in who he was. I'm like, Joe freaking Rogan.
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jasmine, I, I gotta tell you, I had my the hair on my skin was standing up because oh, I could just feel wow. it from you. You're in the moment, and you're like. Joe frickin' Rogan is coming out to talk <laughs> yeah. to me in the octagon in Anaheim, California. Holy at a, yeah, crap. At a big crazy. UFC event. Like, yeah. wow. Wow. Was this always your, your goal, Jasmine? I mean, you kind of got into UFC late in the game. Was your goal there? And then when you realize your goal, like I said, that moment that Joe Rogan's coming to talk to you, what were you feeling at that time?
3: I was on cloud nine, it was it's, uh, completely, I, I wish everyone in the world could feel what what it feels like to like, you know, put your heart and soul and all your training like literally like years work, into something and to see it fulfilled, it's like absolutely amazing.
0: Well, you, you, you looked uh, spectacular uh, in that fight. It was obvious that your your training and your dedication and everything. Ha, ha put you in the best possible physical and mental uh, place to to win that that first big ufc outing and we're so flipping proud of you um what what happens next okay so you've got you you got the big win dana white gave you the contract with the ufc you've had the like the ultimate prize of that uh that that great interview with uh freaking joe rogan uh what what now? What's next?
3: I'm not too sure what's next. Um, I just got in last night okay. and uh, today I plan on talking to my coaches to decide. What, I mean, you know, the world's my oyster, so we'll see. I don't
0: know. Oh, that's awesome. Now, I, I know uh, one of the last times we talked, you said you bruise really easily. Uh, and you often you often look worse than than you feel after a fight, and it drives yeah. your mom nuts because uh, she, she never wants to see her girl hit in the face. Obviously, but that's <laughs> yeah. that, that's your job. Um, you yeah, don't look you don't it. look any worse for the wear. I don't think you might. you, you didn't get too many bruises that night, did you?
3: No, I took no damage at all. Like you, great. you know, I broke, I broke my nose uh, like two years ago. And so, any time it gets hit, te- it starts bleeding. I didn't take any damage. I had like a little bit of a red mark right here after the fight, but it was gone an hour later. Wow! Nothing. It was wild. Well,
0: uh, we're definitely going to stay in, in touch with you, uh, Jazz. Uh, and again, c- congratulations. Oh. I met your sister, by the way.
3: Oh, nice! Yeah,
0: we were at uh, we were at a local restaurant, and uh, and we were with some friends. And she came over from another table where she and she said, uh, "Are are you that uh, Lee guy from Niagara 411?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said, well, "You you talked to my sister."
3: And so she introduced
0: herself, and uh, boy, your family is really proud of you.
3: Oh, good, good. No, I'm glad to hear. She's uh, She's
1: so supportive. She's a sweetie. Uh, Lee, I just want to throw in Jasmine how cool it was was not only to see, but you got uh, a Buffer there in the ring from Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Yeah. That was so, yeah. Cool. That, so cool. That must have made you proud. I'm almost tearing up just retelling the story because I'd never seen that before in UFC.
3: I had so much support. So many people sent me messages, like, you know, leading up to the fight, in fight week. And they're just like, hey, you don't know me. I'm from Niagara, but just want to tell you that we're rooting for you. Like, you know all those messages just like warmed my heart and just gave me so much more confidence going in there it was it was amazing the the support i got from from everyone
0: well uh you've probably figured out this is not the last time we're going to want to talk to you uh, <laughs> talk to you so um, if you would just uh we'll stay in touch we'll follow your website and all that all that stuff but uh, anytime you get any information about what's coming up next in your uh, what has started out to be an amazing career with the UFC, let us know and uh, we'll we'll give it a push for you. All right?
3: For sure.
0: Okay, it's noisy in the background. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jazz. See you later.
3: Thank you so much. Bye. Have a good one.
0: Hey, you Bye. too. Bye. Oh, uh, man, it is just so wonderful to see people. Um, live and in person having realized their dreams and and I mean that's just the first of I'm sure what are many goals that that jazz has in in her world but uh but that's that is just so energizing for somebody to I, I to achieve agree. that
1: couldn't agree more because you know when people do things like that you can never take that away from her. It's no like it's when, always when somebody better. wins the Super Bowl or you win the Stanley Cup yeah. forever you will be Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. Forever Jasmine will be UFC fighter, yeah, victorious yeah. UFC fighter, and she can show people that tape and said, "I did it." That's and right, and that's so cool for somebody who, you know, at the age of twenty-five, got the itch through her boyfriend that hey, maybe I want to step in the yeah, octagon. Yeah, and it was and,
0: it was it was one of those serendipitous things that, and she, as Kevin says, her boyfriend was involved in uh, in uh, mixed martial arts. And uh, she thought she'd kind of got maybe the bug that hey uh, let me try that, and now look, phenomenal, uh, and it's just such a just such a wonderful representative uh, of Niagara. I mean, she is a, a, a wonderful representative and spokesman for for physical health, for mental approach, mental health, and like all those all those things. That uh, and especially, and especially on the other conversation as well, being being a female, it just it gives it sends such a powerful message to to young girls. Not that you want your daughter necessarily to to be in a ring and get hit and beat up other people for a living, but it just is one of those follow your dreams messages, and uh, and, and that you can do anything you want to do. Fabulous.
1: Lee, uh, if anyone wants to come on the show, it's always wide open. Yep. We've got in the comments there. There's a Zoom link, and you can join us via Zoom. If you want to comment on uh, on jazz, if you want to send her some well wishes, uh, maybe you want to talk about the uh, the trucker convoy. Sure. And we've got uh, Dave Benison, who is himself a Niagara resident. He's a trucker. And uh, let's get them on the show.
0: Yeah, thanks, um, Kevin. Uh, Dave, hi. Thank you for being patient uh, and hanging around. I know that your schedule is a little bit unpredictable, so um, we had to wait a bit and you had to wait a bit, but glad we got you. Uh, That's right. uh, uh yeah, And, yeah. and I, I appreciate you hanging around. Where are you right now? I'm actually
2: up in uh, Burlington so and okay. I was behind the convoy today a little bit so, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that, that but I a...
2: wanted to say before we start I'm wearing my hat because of you So oh, these okay. special hat because I know you'll like these hats
0: I love those <laughs> hats yeah I posted a I hope posted a picture mine mine isn't as uh, as high tech as yours but it's uh,
2: yeah it's Canadian World War II hat pin. yeah my uh, friend uh, Bob yeah,
1: Sacamano, uh, he sells those down in does he? Here's a good Seinfeld reference.
0: Oh, 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 yeah, okay. Yeah, All right. yeah.
2: Bob Sacramento called so, me. We got to talk. Anyway,
0: about it. so Dave, you sent uh, uh, a little bit earlier. You might have seen me talking about it before, while you were waiting. Uh, you sent me a, a video this morning, sort of a tongue-in-cheek yeah. thing. Is here I am behind the convoy, and you. It was like seven o'clock in the morning in uh, Queens and Lewis in an area, and there was one other truck and you on the road, and that's right. And, and that was it. Now, first that was of all, the one
2: other truck going the other way.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I wanted to bring you back because, and I did mention this earlier as well. The last time you and I chatted, uh, we thought that it had yeah, just yeah,
2: there was a little, uh, yeah, a little, little confusion uh, there. Pick up there. We yeah, we, yeah.
0: we both understood uh, at the time that the vaccination mandate was not going to be enforced for back and forth truckers. Then it was yeah. ri- it was right after this show as a matter of fact that it was it was then announced that that announcement was in error and yes uh trackers uh that perform that, that work internationally will have to be uh vaccination mandated and so yep. that, that changed the whole dynamic, and then this sort of rally for freedom thing got underway. About, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Um, you work for Challenger, a big, successful uh, trucking company uh, located yep. here in, uh, in southwestern Ontario, Guelph Area's yep. head office, but you drive for them every day. And yep. so, so—
2: I cross the border every day, usually uh, yeah. two to—sometimes uh, two times a day, yeah, Monday to Friday.
0: All right, so let's play a little bit of word association here, and you can give me sure. your impression of this. And we realize it's just your opinion from your experience, but you've been driving for almost two decades, so I figure you're a pretty good spokesman for this. Uh,
2: 20, 28 years. 28 and, uh, years, almost, almost
0: three decades. Okay. Almost
2: uh, three and a half million safe driving miles.
0: Awesome, and good for you. And uh, I know you've been recognized for that, so, um, yeah. so kudos to you for that. So a, better, a better spokesman we couldn't have. Let me, just a- let me just ask you... The well, no, one. I
2: haven't said anything yet. You might change your mind after what I got to no, say. No, no, no. <laughs> well, no,
0: it doesn't matter what my mind is. I haven't been driving <laughs> trucks for 30 years. So what do you think about this whole... First of all, let me ask you that. The big umbrella question. Yeah. What is your personal impression of this convoy right, yeah. concept, this protest thing?
2: Yeah. Well, there. So, yeah, my... Per- and this, again, this is my personal opinion this doesn't reflect on my my company um they they have you know they have protocols and stuff they have to follow um basically because they're a federally regulated company across uh, you know across canada yeah so they're represented by the canadian trucking association and the ota that speak who speaks on behalf of them so whatever they're saying that's their involvement so i'm speaking as myself as a you know a driver a guy that's been in it and you know i can't say i've seen it all but i've seen most of it <laughs> but, uh, yeah. at one point or another and at first like the call co- so me to me the concept and the idea it's a great idea but i just don't like the way it's being uh handled and and uh there's a lot of uh and and this is on both sides there's a lot of uh, misinformation on both sides and i just wish when you're going to do this, do it honestly, give honest numbers, give, uh, you know what I mean, Um, uh, what exactly is going on. And, and, and that's what sort of like, I got, you know, a little upset and tongue in cheek, because I see all these numbers about what's happening. And a lot of the stuff that you're seeing happening is day to day stuff that happens every day. So we see like these big lines of trucks, and I I had talked to this a a couple times, there's 1000s of trucks that go through the GTA, every single hour and and um you know it and it doesn't take much to make it look like there's a big convoy and and so that's what you know what i mean it was skewing the numbers and stuff and hey look if you can get a hundred two hundred five hundred a thousand truck drivers to actually agree on something and go together then more power to it (laughs) but when you're starting to skew the numbers and saying that there's 60,000, you know, trucks coming and there's, there's thousands of trucks coming up from the U S and, 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 and that's where, I start to you know what I mean but it's it's that's actually not the reality of what's going on and then when I start seeing you know there again I'm looking at at uh you know different sites and stuff and I see yeah. like you know threats against the government and stuff and that's where I sort of have to draw the line with with on uh, um, in my opinion is you know it's fine to do it but do it there's proper channels to go about you know if people don't like Trudeau and that Hey, I totally understand, but there's proper channels to go about it. And this here, um, for now, might look like a good thing, but six months down the line or three months down the line, there could be repercussions to this that not only affect us as drivers on both. Both sides of the border, but the general public as well.
0: Yeah, uh, perception. You know, probably, public perception is is an important thing, Dave. From right. from your knowledge of what they are trying to accomplish, I realize this started as a reflex motion against against the, against yeah. the yeah. vaccination thing. But right. if, if what is
2: your understanding of what they of what they're really trying to yeah. do? Well, see, and that. That was, you know, the initially from there again. What I understand is that it was sort of a um, a pushback to the mandates for vaccination. But right. as it's been said, ninety percent of the truckers out here are already vaccinated. Right. That are crossing the border anyway. So we're most of the guys that are crossing are all already set up to 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 do the stuff. So we're basically talking about a ten percent um um you know, portion. And if you take that ten percent that aren't vaccinated, that ten percent isn't crossing the border anyway. There's probably only two or three percent of that ten percent that actually crosses the border. So it's a minute amount of drivers that, you know, that are that are pushing the pushback. And so then it got into yeah, you know, into well now it's a freedom rally for all Canadians. And yeah, right. because the other thing really doesn't fly with me. Most of the drivers are vaccinated so and really, like, you know, they, people are going to say, oh, you're a robot and saying this and stuff. Well, I say, well, you know, they did put the chip in me when I got the double backs, right? So, <laughs> so I, I can't. I can't blame myself, I'm blaming the government. All right, so, so I, guess I got the
0: right now. I, Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I get that. You've uh, you've you drank the Kool-Aid and all that stuff. That's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, so, so it's not my fault. So if <laughs> So if I'm if I'm reading between the lines here. Yeah. Um, it's it's most of the most of the truckers are already double vaxxed that cross the border because yeah. and 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 you have to have that arrive can app and all that other stuff and that's yeah. been going on for like the last couple of months or so
2: Almost A year. Actually, arrive can's been around for about a year now Okay, but we didn't have, have to do it. A couple months it came. Yeah. No, no. So, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So so you're you're boiling this down and and those are good those are interesting numbers and I know it, it's not statistically Uh, Proven, But you're saying maybe one to three percent of all of these people that are that are upset about this um, actually go across go back and forth across the border. So do you do you feel that there are some sort of alternative agendas at work here from somewhere? Well,
2: well, and that's that's one of the things, you know, when you start seeing like. Like, you know, who started this this movement, right? Yeah. It initially wasn't even started by somebody in the trucking industry. It was started by a political party person. There again, that, that you know what I mean? I would have more respect if it was an actual, you know, somebody in the trucking industry, but it's not. Um, there's all these funds that have come in. And, and, you know, you guys were talking, I heard you talking about, fuel. Uh, mm. uh, you know, who's going to pay for this fuel. So I want to give you a little number here, Lee. A truck coming from B.C., to Ontario to Ottawa, we calculated it out, you'd have to fill up about three times. Yeah, a tractor trailer, an average fill up is going to cost you about $800 to $1,000 at the fuel rates. Now, three times that's three grand one way round trip $6,000 out of your pocket. And that's not hauling freight or anything that's doing it for basically nothing. Now you times that by if you had 60,000 trucks Lee, there wouldn't be any fuel left in on Canada within a day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I never thought oh, of it yeah. that way. And uh, uh, here's another number. 60,000 trucks times 70 feet is about 1,200 kilometers. That would be like a lineup from Windsor to Quebec. Okay. And that's just not what's happened.
0: Yeah. All right. So, okay.
2: and, and that's what I mean. It's skewing the numbers to look like. And, and, and there again, I... I I, you know, there's guys out here, I really respect the guys, like there's a, you know, a lot of guys today, when I crossed the border, I got in behind the, uh, the the rally there today, coming across the Burlington Skyway. And to me, from what I saw, it was 15, 20 trucks and a bunch of vehicles, and they were blocking most of the lanes up. Well, that's a choke point. At any given day, there's a thousand trucks crossing there and now it looks like there's thousands and thousands of trucks but really 95 percent 99 of those trucks are just guys doing their everyday job now let me ask and you those are the guys that are
0: let me ask yeah. you this i i know you don't do this right now but i know your route used to yeah. be uh up past the gta you used to you used to do a yeah. gm run up to oshawa every day so you're used That's to right. drive you're used day. to driving oh, through yeah. the the gta um uh, now and the ontario provincial police announced today uh, for people yeah. to uh, give themselves more time because traffic could be slowed down, and the police yeah. uh, themselves actually closed some access ramps. And yeah, they did, and I
2: actually I, I saw that today too. What do, coming, what do you uh, think?
0: What do you like? Are are they making are they making a big deal out of it that they shouldn't, or was it the right thing to do? What like what do you well, think?
2: Well, it was the right thing to do because. It, the, the, the reason why they closed the access ramps, because they were full of pedestrians coming to support the, the people. So you, you had like the one ramp that I saw, there was pedestrians all on those access ramps. Well, you, you got to do something. So is it kick, you know, a whole bunch of people off the highway, uh, like, you know, pedestrians right. or close the access ramps? And, you know, people people do have the right away to to yeah. do that. So it was the safe thing to do. Was it inconvenient? Yeah, like for me, for where I had to come in Burlington. I actually had to take a different route because I couldn't get off the access ramp. But I just went to the next one and 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 did my business. So.
0: A couple more questions for you, and then sure. and then we'll yeah. we'll kick you loose to do your day job. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who or whom are the people actually taking part in this now? Um, uh, I, I yeah. know you're not speaking on behalf of Challenger, your yeah, company, yeah. and we appreciate Challenger, no. Dan, and uh, and the people there for uh, for giving us access to you. But um, yeah. and and I'm sure a lot of other major branded uh, truck and transit companies in Canada aren't taking part. Maybe some are. Like, well, no, no. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't think that the major branded. No. Uh trucking companies are taking part in this.
2: No, no. Are, it, it, so, so these the are also so these yeah, are all independent. Are independent or owner operators Yeah, the majority. Now there are there're going to be a few smaller companies that are are in this, but but like I said at the beginning of this is that um you know federal regulated companies although they're not restricted from you know, being involved in uh, like a strike action or causing, you right. know what I mean, protest like this, it's it's usually not frowned. You know, it's kind of frowned upon, right? And yeah. and so the larger companies, um, just they, they, you know, that's why they have the OTA and they have the
0: to be their spokesperson, their, their lobby. Group.
2: They're, their, they're they're they lobby and spokesman. They're they're paid. That's they're a paid company to do that. So that's okay. why they you know, do that. So the majority are, our are, independent. That, that are independent.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, one more issue that has been bantied back and forth. Uh, and, uh, again, I think there's misinformation probably on both yeah. sides and that is the supply chain issue. Uh, yeah. the, the fear mongering of the people that organized this rally for freedom is that these restrictions are going to stop the supply of necessary goods. We're going to have empty grocery store shelves, yeah. and we're going to have all these yeah. massive supply chain issues. And then the other side says, I, I, you know, m- maybe the shelves aren't stocked, but but uh, as quickly as normal." But, but that's not really no, a trucking thing. Reasons.
2: Yeah, yeah, there is reasons for that, and of course, we had a major snowstorm that hit the Northeast, you know, last last week. No kidding. So that's causing a lot of the supply because ships and stuff are tied up in ports, there's been hurt, you know, um, uh, bad weather in other places. Uh, A lot of times the weather affects the shipment of goods. Um, It's not really, you know what I mean? this That's what I mean. At 90% of the people crossing the border, and even it's even less than that, because like I said, about the 10% and you drop that down, it's really a small amount of people that this would affect the supplies chain. It's not There again, there's so many factors that come into, and it's wintertime. This time of year, you're not going to get the things you normally do, you know, in in, in a thing. And we are going through a pandemic. It's been like this for the last, what, two and a half years, right? But, you know, I've heard different things where different stores will have, you know, some of them will be out of stuff, some of them won't. But there again, it depends on where their supplies are coming from. But to draw, uh, okay,
0: so let's close with this. Is it is it is it valid to draw a parallel between truckers having to be double vaxed with the mandate and supply chain? Is there a connection there, or is it all just smoke and mirrors?
2: That's that's what it. Th- there is no connection, and that's that's to me. In my opinion, I think there's no connection. I don't see it. I've never seen it. Anything you know like this? But we're in a different time too. But With the connection, I just don't see it. There's just so many other factors that play into that. And we are dealing with a small percentage like that. If it was the other way and it was like 50, 80, 90 percent, then yeah. But when we're dealing with such a small number, that's where I I just think we're pandering to such a small uh, group and it's, you know, the repercussions aren't going to be today or tomorrow, but it's six months down the line that we're going to see repercussions to the trucking industry if and, and there again i hope these guys that are doing this you know they they respect the rules they stay safe and that they don't cause any problems that you know we don't want to see what ha- happened in washington you know what i mean yeah. uh, uh last year we don't need and i don't to... think it'll come to that i don't think that...
0: well as i was mentioning to kevin before in any of these rally situations there always seem to be people from outside the core group like exactly. they could be they could be non truckers they could be, they they could be yeah. political activists they could be anybody that just want to stir up trouble because exactly. they because yeah. they see an opportunity and it's got nothing to do with the truckers yeah yeah so, so this exactly. is what this is what we this is what we got to be careful about
2: yeah yeah it is it is and, and you know and i i also say too you know you know we're 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 the freedom rally well to me the freedom and the people like i think that are going above and beyond are the the people like the, the nurses at the hospital these are the true heroes like everybody says you know these guys are heroes for doing this i don't see it i see the people that are heroes are those people at the hospital has been there 24 7 you know they're 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 dealing with this uh this entire pandemic which you know some people think is isn't going on but uh You know, I'll tell you, my my son has a girlfriend down in uh, Texas. She's a nurse at a hospital. And like people have been just dropping that we don't even hear about. And Mm. she says it's and she's had COVID twice and and gone through it. If she didn't have the shot, she probably wouldn't be here to talk to him now. And that's the one thing I got to get across is, you know, people say, you know, well, the, the, the COVID shot is the COVID shot isn't a cure. It's to make sure that when you get COVID, and if you do get COVID, you don't die from it, and that's the that's the I, way I look at it. So,
0: Dave Benison, uh, yeah. almost a, almost a triple decade uh, driver, twenty eight years plus, plus. Uh, and how many how many how many miles uh, accident free?
2: Uh, like three, I'm at three and a half million somewhere around there. <laughs> so that's I used to do long haul, but then I came off the road, you know. 10 years ago yeah so well everybody has a
0: family everybody has a family anyway uh thank you we we thank your company challenger for allowing you to come talk to us um because not a lot of companies would do that they want to you know they don't want somebody uh representing them but um uh, on a personal level i appreciate it and uh stay safe out there as always we'll talk again i'm sure Thank
2: you. and we'll talk again and i'll make sure i uh let my robot overlords um, <laughs> thank you and congratulations yeah. for letting me on <laughs> okay <man>. thanks
0: <laughs> have David. a good one thanks man <laughs> yeah and may the force be with you sir yeah uh, yeah and and with you okay uh, well there you go kevin uh again as uh, as usual with these kinds of things there's uh there's the left the right the middle and then the right one so you you don't um, you don't know, but it, it's perspective is, is such a wonderful gift. And if anything has become more important through social media and all the complicated communications uh, avenues that we have, if there is anything more important than perspective, I don't know what it would be these days because it's so important. Context is important. Every time you see a picture uh, on the internet or somebody sends you a picture uh, or an article on uh, via email, uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, Twitter, whatever, perspective
1: is so critical, Un- unbelievably critical. I really appreciated his insight. Yeah. Lee, just uh, moving the show along, I'm going to get Sienna set up here in a minute, Please. Yeah. but uh, on Niagara 411, we do have an update, I'll, I'll call this breaking news if you will, but an update on one of the stories that we covered a few weeks ago, and that was right around um, right around Christmas time, there was that guy in North End St. Catharines, that uh, gunpoint robbery of his Range Rover. Remember when we played that um, video? Yeah, we
0: played it like in his, in his driveway. In his driveway, a like guy 7 came in, in the morning. The, a guy came up in a driveway, rang the bell, he had a gun, and said, give me the keys to your Rover, to the Ranger, he says.
1: Anyway, you see there. There's the update yeah. here. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I was wa- I was watching the video again, like everybody else. Um, uh, NRPS officiating gunpoint robbery, blah. Update one. The investigation into the St. Catharines gunpoint robbery has been ongoing by one district St. Catharines detectives up, since December 28th. Detectives were able to determine that the suspect vehicle in the stolen Land Rover left the Niagara region on the QEW. The stolen Land Rover was located and recovered on January 3rd in Toronto. Further investigation has identified the suspect in the video scene holding a handgun. As detectives attempted to locate the suspect, and arrest him, they learned he was already in custody in a Toronto area detention center on unrelated charges. (sighs) Goes around, comes around. Glock handgun used in the robbery has been recovered. Good news there. Uh, On January 27th, at a court appearance, Anthony Das, 22 years old, North York, formerly charged with the Niagara Regional Police in relation to the December 28, 21 St. Catharines robbery. Das is charged with the criminal offenses of break and enter, disguised with intent, carrying, transporting, and firearms, etc. A lot of firearms charges. Uh, Possession of firearms, A lot of firearms things. Uh, so the investigation into the identity of the second suspect, I was going to ask that question, remains ongoing. Anyone with information about this incident is asked to contact detectives at uh, the usual number. Members of the public who wish to provide information anonymously can contact Crime Stoppers as per usual. So good, they got that guy. But then the other one, see he tosses the keys to, to somebody.
1: Now this is seven in the morning. Yeah,
0: but the guys—it's crazy.
1: I'm just again, glad they the made guy, an arrest. The, the,
0: the man in the house is yelling at the guy.
1: He sits on like my wife
0: and kids are upstairs.
1: Yeah, but he's but but he's yelling at the guy
0: almost. I don't want to. I don't want to fuel conjecture, but almost like he knows him. Like right? like a guy shows oh. up at your a guy shows up at your door with a gun and says, "Hey." I got to go upstairs and get it. What are you talking, like, what are you, like, it's, it's like I would be frozen if somebody shows up at the door and says, give me the keys to your car, and he's got a gun. Like, if he doesn't have a gun, I'm saying, get (laughs) out of here. The guy's got a gun on me. The, 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 The fellow on the other side of the door that we didn't see, I don't know, he seemed more pissed than he seemed afraid to me. Hi I got this, I got I got a thing going on. I'm having breakfast I got Cheerios. what Didn't that seem kind of weird, to you? No, it did I, I I couldn't
1: believe how cool he was, but he was very cool. he was he was angry. he wasn't afraid. I think in a lot of situations that are extreme like that, I don't think we know how we'd react. Maybe you would react like that I, I don't mean know. I know we we're not that, in them right we're not we, in those situations
0: we see this on uh, reality TV shows all the time the cops are investigating something like on a dateline or something and it's we were suspicious because the suspect didn't seem to be emotional well some people don't react emotionally to things not as you said not everybody reacts the same way
1: no absolutely. Uh, Lee, to get us uh, back on track here for the show, I'm very excited Did for... I take us off track, Kevin? No, no, no. We're still we're moving ki- right ahead. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the show, we're going to feature... I think it's Mike Lynch. Mike Lynch. Uh, we've never featured this artist before. He's a St. Catharines. I think he was born, raised in Beamsville, resides in St. Catharines. He's a country artist. And he just put together and shot a video with all kinds of St. Catharines locations. So you'll yeah. love the video. It's called Sawdust. And that's at about maybe 15, 20 minutes' time. Um, our next Wild guest time has gone fast. is Sienna. And Sienna, we first came upon Sienna, and we're blown away. She blew us away right away. We said, this girl is amazing. We have yeah. to have her back on the show. And uh, I'll let you I'll let you take it from there. We'll get Sienna on.
0: Yeah, thank you, Kevin. And uh, before we do that, uh, again, we've had such a jam-packed show today. I want to thank our sponsors before we move any further and I forget to do this again. Uh, Gales Gaspards fuels this program as our title sponsor and our main sponsor uh, for this program and uh, we, we thank you so much f- for being there. Gales.ca is, is where you go to find out anything and everything about them and everything they do for the community. Uh, Jessica Friesen has become um, a really, really uh, pivotal person and influencer in the Niagara region and justly so. Uh, She serves on the on the board of the Niagara Parks Commission uh, and and so many other uh, so many other philanthropic things that they're involved with. So thank you to Gales for that. Performance, Heating and Air, Carlo and the gang, thank you. I know this is a crazy season for you folks and we appreciate you uh, sticking by us, Verge Insurance Group, uh, Mark Shirk um, and, uh, and gang, thank you. For, uh, for doing this. Uh, believe me, we value your participation greatly. And uh, Kevin and I still have a plan to display some pivotal numbers that the program has been able to generate uh, over, uh, over its life, uh, and uh, in particular the last season, how we've, how we've grown. But actually, uh, we're, we are so busy that uh, some of those things as far as blowing our own horn kind of takes a back seat uh, because there aren't enough hours in the day sometimes but we will do that and uh, it is a valuable valuable service that that our sponsors provide us and uh, and hopefully that we provide them sienna is a fort erie resident she joined us uh first of all when uh we were chatting about the International Festival of Lights that was uh, a really cool attraction in Niagara Falls, and um, it was a situation where they had, uh, they had checked in and said, is it, is it an accessible event? They said yes, and when Sienna and her, her people arrived, it wasn't as uh, accessible as it should have been. So it led to a larger conversation of mobility, and accessibility and uh, and lifestyle for people in Sienna's situation, and uh, she impressed us, as Kevin said, so much. Uh, we said we'd have her back, and thank goodness we do, today's the day. Hey, Sienna, how are you, kiddo? I'm
4: good, thank you, how are you?
0: I'm terrific, thank you so much. For coming back and uh, I just wanted to lay that groundwork just in case someone hadn't seen the original conversation that we had but thousands and thousands and thousands of people did uh, across Niagara and beyond and uh, and uh, you probably saw the comments everybody was just so um, so impressed by you and 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 how uh, you still had this positive attitude, in spite of all the challenges that you go through day to day to day. And what we wanted to do is explore some of those other challenges that that you do have, and in particular, um, I know we wanted to talk about the 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 living conditions and the accommodations that uh, that folks in your your situation are in. And yours has improved lately, I understand or or relatively recently. Yes. Well, uh, first of all, if you could give, for those that haven't met you before, give us just a quick thumbnail explanation of your, your physical situation. What, you, what, what situation you have to deal with uh, from a medical perspective.
4: Um, so I am diagnosed with cerebral palsy, um, muscular dystrophy, epilepsy. Um, I'm also autistic and have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder.
0: Okay, so that's a few things to deal with.
2: Yeah, Um, well, hearing
0: so... And your your domestic background has been challenging as well, I understand.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So I was um, born in Hamilton at McMaster, actually, was a preemie. Um, I was living with my biological family. Um, Then I went into the foster care system with uh, Family and Children Services Niagara. Um, at 18, um, aged out, um, because I didn't get adopted, uh, went through the shelter system, um, while waiting for a DSO placement, um, ran out of shelter placements, um, due to, um, exasperating all of them and using them all and my needs not fitting within the shelter system. Um, and then actually ended up at Eastwood Manor, which is one of the places we are going to be discussing today.
0: Okay. Sienna, what happened with your, And and again, you can refuse or or deflect any of these questions, but um, I think it's important that people understand backgrounds of of, of folks. What happened with your biological family that you ended up, as they say, going into the system?
4: Um, So I was abused from childhood. Um, So children's aid was involved from the age of two, um, obviously, until the present day. Um, so they ended up removing me, um, after lengthy investigations, um, and many hospital visits at McMaster Children's Hospital, which, um, resulted in investigations of abuse, as well as my school, um, I actually went to Alexander Public School before I got torn down, um, and my teachers were calling on a regular to, uh, uh, Family Children's Services Niagara.
0: So you were in, uh, you, you were in, uh, foster care for a while, right?
4: And unfortunately it's really hard for individuals with disabilities um, to get placed in foster homes because of the accessibility uh, limitations of homes, right. um, as people, unfortunately, are less inclined to adopt those with um, disabilities as the they come with a lot of challenges compared to a more abled child, so to speak.
0: Absolutely. And so let with with that, and I know there's a lot more that we could uh, we could explore but with with that knowledge maybe we can draw a parallel now to to where we are and one one of the big uh, things that you want to wave the flag for are the accommodations and the living conditions of people that are in your situation in 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 your community let's call it that um and and so ex- explain to us how that goes. You live you live on your own. You are independent. Uh, and you have funding, etc. But um, you were in some some pretty unpleasant situations. At the, at the uh, yeah, um, they were not
5: ideal conditions. Um, actually, I'd go as far as I
4: say, inhumane. When I age out of care, um, it's the the places that do exist in Niagara that I want to bring light, um, to, um, they aren't very, no people don't necessarily know about them. Um, and the uh, reasons for people ending up in them, but I actually um, got very lucky um, with services from the Niagara region, such as Bethesda. Um, I have an amazing behavioral consultant um, from there who advocated to get me, um, expedited on the DSO list for appropriate housing and supports. So I actually live on my own in Port Colborne, but I also have around the clock support one-on-one. Okay. Um, which she also has.
0: Now, um, and, and the funding comes from the province for, uh, yeah. to, to help you support the, yourself?
4: Um, so Developmental Services Ontario funds the, um, my staffing, but they also fund um, a separate portion, of pool of funding to allow for me to do uh, fun activities. Um, but okay. this specific um, to provide my paper staff to be with me on the clock due to my medical conditions to assist me with my daily living um, obviously taking me to a bunch of my appointments making the phone calls um, bathing showering all the personal care whole nine yards and obviously to do fun activities with me because it's not safe for me to put them on mailed
0: you sent us you you sent us uh, a few pictures of yep. your previous living conditions and um, from what I understand, the, the, the money that was um, uh, part of the grant that helped you to, to live in, in this facility was, w- didn't leave you much more to live on it. Basically, you just paid your rent. Is that right? Yeah.
4: yeah, so the funding obviously that allowed for that wasn't like through Developmental Services Ontario. That funding was strictly from um, ODSP. Yeah. Um, so what happened is the rent to live there, um, hypothetically, all inclusive, um, it was $1,150 to live there. Um, ODSP checks are $1,169. So it left me with $16 to my name every single month.
0: How much? 60 or 16? 16. 16. Yes, to you. absolutely. So, so once you take all the expenses away, 16. Uh, we were showing uh, some pictures uh, we are showing some pictures uh, to our our audience right now uh, Siena we saw an old rusty old heater and then uh, some other things there's a bathtub nobody wants to bathe in uh, and some other things so that was the previous um, that was the only that was the only kind of facility you could afford to live um, in. not just
4: afford go to um because unfortunately with my level of needs the shelter system was not um capable of caring for me um so that's why i ended up there so actually the ywca was funding supports but like the region that i grew from was funding it while living at the y for me like my 16 hours of support but it became no longer feasible financially for the region to fund so right. they just felt me in a car with one of my workers and had them drop me off there <laughs> okay. um and then at
0: the PCA. So what What then, uh, we also saw a shot of a fire inspection um, um, log that showed yep. that there had been a long period of time between between inspections, uh, yep. at, at, et cetera. So, and, and for someone with the special needs and the situation that you're in, you would think that these things would be uh even more frequent as opposed to less frequent but th- this is what we had so what happened what changed uh sienna that has allowed you to um i guess uh improve your lot improve your location etc what changed
4: um so what happened was i was on the DSO waiting list um around since i was 18 um but unfortunately um, the DSL waiting list is, you can wait 20, 25 years. So there is unfortunately- 20,
0: 25 um, people, years?
4: That's the average wait time because the government isn't building any more homes for individuals to go to. So we have children who have adults who have there have been on the DSL wait list since 18 and they're still waiting and they're like 30 years old and beating up their 60, 70 year old parents that are trying to deal with these behaviors um, and the support needs that they have. And there's not adequate support. Um, so with regards, there's two separate wait lists. There's a standard wait list, and then there's called which, which one, which is called the ministry can, ministry wait list. Mm-hmm. Um, so a ministry is a top prioritized clients um, who are waiting, who are in like more like life endangering situations. Um, obviously, based on these photos, it was very dangerous. I was actually not being medicated, and uh, because of my epilepsy, it was very dangerous. I was ending up um, being transferred all the way to Toronto to get me stabilized. Um, the fire alarm system actually doesn't even work in that building. Um, one of the residents actually set a mattress on fire. Wow. So it, it's, the problem is people come to facilities like this for all different walks of life, no fault of their own. So while I was living there, um, a child, like a, someone who had just turned 18 and did, was coming in there from Family and Children's Services, in Niagara, um, we have people with addictions and mental health issues, um, people who's... Families could no longer handle them, and they ended up in this home as well. Um, And it's public health has been investigating. Police are always on site. The unfortunate thing is the owners, um, they're real estate agents in Toronto. Um, They want to line their pockets the best they can. Um, They food Bangkok, and I actually cannot eat rice, and every single meal was rice mixed with frozen veggies.
5: Wow. So I
4: actually lost Wait while living there. I actually I went missing a handful of because of my epilepsy. I had wandered away and I was missing for 48 hours at one point and the police were not called. Um, so there's a lot of issues and the police oh. the time, I think we an hour and a half away somewhere random. And, um, they brought me back, they found me and, um, they knocked on the door and nobody like answered. Um,
5: yeah.
4: there that live there. Um, people are so hungry we don't get fed they would be calling 911 because that's how hungry they are um when i wasn't medicated i actually went down seizing and it's like this family and community we only have each other because there's nobody else there's hypothetically one of the owners are always on site but they aren't so one time i seized and i went down hit my head hard um i guess i was um vomiting while i was seizing. um all these residents came and they rolled me on my side they called 911 and they undid my coat that i was wearing to um, they did everything they needed to um, to keep me stable until paramedics could arrive. Um, unfortunately, um, the owners get very mad when nine one one gets called because that means people are coming in, well, sure. emergency personnel and physicians, um, sure. and it is what it is. And actually one time the fire department was called for all my seizures and they're responding quicker than the paramedics. And the next day after a few times paramedics came, the fire department came to an inspection. <laughs> um,
0: yes. And... Yes sorry go ahead
4: fire department came to do an inspection like the fire inspectors um but nothing really came of it they kind of tried shooing them away um and i was like oh no it's over here come see all this stuff and i was kind of like shrugged to the side by one of the owners um it's just it's sad in a lot of ways because i am in a better place now i have all the supports i need thanks to my support team i don't have family supporting me i had bethesda services um, involved. I had, um, so Carol Hicks from Bethesda, she's amazing, phenomenal. I have um, a handful of people. I had Bartimaeus um, uh, support services. I had them doing what I one I had this amazing worker. Um, I had a handful of people on a team. Um, they became like my family. They were calling me every day, texting me, checking in on me when I was living in this, I call it the death trap because of how many times I've almost died there um uh, wow.
0: uh, and and, and, and sorry sorry let me let me and where specifically was this place
4: um so eastwood manor um it is in crystal beach okay um and, and Sienna, what are these
1: I, what are these facilities called you, you had a name for them
4: um so ironically there are some people call them um unregulated boarding homes and or lodging homes public health doesn't even know what to call them so every time they do an inspection they have something different for the title on top of the page um, there's a handful in Niagara. I just want to set some light on that. So there's the one in uh, Crystal Beach called Eastwood Manor. Um, there's another one in uh, St. Catharines, Queenchester Terrace. Um, there's one in here in Port Colborne where I live. Um, I think I believe it's called Niagara um, so, uh, Support. Um, and it's by uh, Officer Verlo, um, um There's uh, so many more and unfortunately the community, when I was living at Eastwood, I had a bunch of seizures and I was rushed to the hospital. And I remember waking up and like going through Facebook, you know, I was bored um, <laughs> and like, went to see a nurse, you know, and I saw a post on one of the Crystal Beach Facebook uh, pages and it showed a picture of the ambulance I was in taking me away. And it said, oh, probably some druggie again, you know, overdosing. Oh, yeah. but in reality, they had no idea the actual situations of people living there. Like, and a lot of these people don't do drugs. They have mental illnesses and um, yeah. so, so, we're just talking tossed away. Society just tosses us away. They kind of like forget about us in a way. And unfortunately, a lot of people have the developmental disabilities and it's places like these that are taking advantage of the misfortunes of people in society and whatnot.
0: So so, Sienna, how many, uh, I I realize this would be a, a guess on your part, But you mentioned you mentioned already four different facilities, sort of like uh, like the one that you were you were in. Um, How many people would be living in this substandard environment every day?
4: Um, So in the building I was in, it was twenty. So you take twenty one thousand. So take one thousand one hundred and fifty dollars times up by twenty then factor in that they're not buying us any food. They're going food bank hopping to save as much money as they can to line their pockets with. Um, and that's where it's like, you know, um, we no heating, no air conditioning when we were, I was living there. Um,
1: no heating or air? No, it no, was, and I mean, it was Sienna, it seems, it, it seems almost criminal like you're saying a lot of people are on ODSP that are living here. They know exactly that your check is $1,169. Yep. And their rent is one thousand one hundred and fifty. Now again, that's that's room and board, but they're leaving their residence with nothing. But
0: again, she couldn't eat what they were. I know what they were providing.
1: And I'm sure everybody is. in... No. Wouldn't you want to at least go buy yourself a bag of chips? Like, are you kidding me? People see the
0: problem, Sienna. I'm sorry, you're blowing our minds again, here, because, for example. If I were to move into a place like that, if I fell on uh, on tough times and I were to move into a place like that. I am a fully able-bodied person. Yeah, I'm a like call me a senior or whatever, but I'm a fully able-bodied person. Um I can I can get my own food if I want. I can get, you know, I I'm 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 mobile. I can do So instead of instead of having fewer opportunities to live a good life, you should have more than the average able bodied, as we call it, a person. Like it just, it's completely opposite to what it should be.
4: Exactly. And the way they get um, us people who end up in these situations having to live in these conditions is they know how much a check is. So then we're not able to That's save anybody to get yeah. out. So we're stuck. We have no other options, and unfortunately, the mental state of while well, I was living there for the year, and we don't—we honestly, none of my team knows how I managed to survive a whole year there. I wasn't even able to be bathed or showered because my occupational therapist deemed it too unsafe. So the only way I was getting clean was I had a you we were wiping me down with baby, with baby wipes. That's okay. all we could do for. A
1: while. I mean, Sienna, we showed that picture of, of that resident, that bathroom and bathtub. That's just—it's useless for you. And yet, the facility you're in now—it's—it's it's the Cadillac, like where you are now. So I, I want okay. people to understand that there is a light at the end of the tunnel for some people, and but Sienna, it takes, but but they exactly. all should be that way. I know, but she said twenty-year waiting list for some of these people to finally get um, into a situation that is right for them, and like Sienna, a, I'm so thankful that you are in that situation. She's got a, a great apartment, a great uh, care system around her. She's got an accessible bathroom and, and all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. to see where you were where you were living and you were paying. 99% of your your income just, just to pay rent there.
0: All right, so, yeah. um, Sienna, before we, before we have to say goodbye, where does this, this may seem like an obvious question on my part, but I want to hear it from you. Where does the responsibility for this lie? At whose feet, uh, does this responsibility end, in your opinion? What needs to be done by whom?
4: Um, I would say, um, unfortunately, this, these facilities are unregulated. They're operating through loopholes. The police are aware of the homes. Um, they're trying their best, but due to loopholes, they're like, hands are tied. I mean, public health comes in and inspects all these places, all of them. Um, and despite always failing them, they they never choose to shut it down. every single, time every time they get inspected it's there's no compliance they are failed every single one and unfortunately the only people that i would say have some power would be like um, emergency services that keep going through um because the fire stuff isn't working um the public health has come through but um there's just so many loopholes that they're able to get away with it it's just really sad that there are individuals in society who take advantage of these individuals who have these misfortunes, often no fault of their own, like some of them came from hospitals because they had a stroke. And they had they could no longer do the stairs in their home and their families just dropped them there and ran. Um, it's just really unfortunate. Some needed the same support level I did, but they didn't have a support team to access it. I didn't at first either. Um, Carol Hicks pleaded with her boss um, at Bethesda to allow her to stay on my case. I'm um, advocate on my behalf because there was only me. And I mean, people within the DSO, they have parents fighting for them. And when someone's making noise, typically something is bound to happen earlier. Like Parker Curran, in his case, when he was living in the St. cabin Psychiatric ICU, he got placed around the same time I did. Um, and he's young. What should we a, do? Um,
0: what should um, we, I would say, what do we do? How can we, a, we help?
4: I would say as a society, maybe acknowledging these people, um, living there, I was degraded knowing I would just walk out of that building and the neighbors, the people in the community, they just knew you lived there and it's, it's kind of,
0: so there's really a, sh- there's, there's a stigma attached to this.
4: There's a stigma and then, okay. um, some people, um, when I lived there, one of my workers, she brought, um, I think it was, a. Uh, it was tim hortons one of my workers um on easter bought she was one of my past from bartimeo she bought coffee for everyone on <laughs> as, as well as um a muffin from the, um tim hortons for all of the clients like the residents that were living there because the conditions are deplorable we weren't getting fed and she knew that so she wanted to do something nice for the residents um it's just these acts of kindness like popping in and maybe bringing everyone a meal
0: all right i'm um, getting I'm sorry to I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sienna. We've sort of uh, reached our limit, but uh, again, it's like a pow, um, moment. And uh, thank you, thank you, um, thank you for for shedding light again. Um, you're amazing, and you're an amazing spokesperson for the people that have to live in the in the conditions that you did. And I'm so pleased that that things uh, have. Have improved for you, and your your fortunes have increased um, to the point where you're you're more comfortable. Uh, and we will talk again because there are so many things to talk about. Uh, and and I hope you stay a, a member of our of our four one one live stable because uh, we don't want to lose touch with you. Yeah, I
4: absolutely would. I feel like because I have had this fortune, I want to be able to use
0: this platform to well, you got shed it. light on these things. You got it any anytime way I can. Anytime you want it.
4: Yeah. All right. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, you're welcome. you. Thank you.
4: Thanks.
0: MS cere- cerebral palsy, uh, autism, uh, and epilepsy. All in one all, all all in one amazing package and still living her life, Kevin. I know we've gone over time. Um, and uh, and we have Mike Lynch coming up. He's a St. Catherine's uh, musician. You'll see in the in the video some St. Catherine's sights, etc. You're going to hear a song called Sawdust. This has been Niagara 411 Live, Season Three, Episode Four. Uh, thank you to Gales uh, Performance Heating and Air, Verge Insurance. Um, uh, I won't be here next week. Somebody will. Uh, Kevin will. <laughs> Hoping. Have a great weekend. Bye.
5: Found sawdust in my old guitar case Yeah, I'm still trying to fix up this old place I thought of you the day When I picked up that old guitar Things you used to say Like my sad songs Could break your heart I know We're both in the right place now Still got my dreams You got your whole house Sometimes in my mind. things finally figured